Hello and welcome to the Fossil Huntress podcast. Today we're going to head to the Mount Stephen trilobite beds. This is a series of fossil strata on Mount Stephen that contains exceptionally preserved trilobites in Yoho National Park. Mount Stephen trilobite beds are a short distance from Walcott's quarry site, but they contain a, a few similar species, so there's some overlap and there's some new goodies here to be found. So we see the big Cambrian predator, Anomalocaris, various trilobites, brachiopods, and sponges. And we've known about these beds a little bit longer than the Walcott quarry. There was a great Canadian railway being built through Western Canada in the late 1800s. And in 1886, some railway workers reported finding stone bugs when they were going through the talus slopes of Mount Stephen. And they brought these bugs uh, to some specialists who recognized them for the beautiful and varied trilobites that they are. And a new site was uncovered and began to be explored. Given the sheer volume and variety of trilobites found, the rock and the area of the earth that would become Mount Stephen was clearly trilobite paradise 500 million years ago. But what are now the slopes of a mountain in the main ranges of the Rockies were then shallow seabeds on the edge of ancestral North America. And this ancient continental core um, was down near the equator, so it wasn't up in the temperate zone we find it today and where much of Canada is living today. And the days during the Cambrian differed. So each had 21 hours of sunlight and there was 420 of them in a year. So the earth was revolving faster around the sun than it does today. The Mount Stephen trilobite beds tell us about shallow seas that must have been perfect for trilobite survival. Um, they survived and thrived in those beds because it's just a uh, it's just a smash up, a whole mountainside. Um, it's trilobite heaven by all accounts. And unlike the remarkable diversity that we see over in the Burgess Shale, which is just across Kicking Horse Valley, the fossils of Mount Stephen are overwhelmingly Cambrian trilobites. And we see the range uh, in sizes and shapes. We see everybody accounted for. Um, they're the tiny little Agnostita, the swimmers that are less than a centimeter long that dined on plankton. We see Tychoperidia, which was scurried along the seafloor, snatching up tidbits in low oxygen environments that probably didn't appeal to the others. We see the predators. Um, Ogygopsis and the Olenoides, which are by far the most common fossils in the bed. We also see, um, just for the record, over in the Eager Formation near Cranbrook, we see all Olenoides. So certain sea conditions seem to be preferentially better for certain trilobite species than others. In terms of sheer volume of specimens, the most common trilobite we see in the Mount Stephen trilobite beds, and it's, uh, and it's noticeable, it's clearly noticeable. So we see Ogygopsis, that predatory trilobite, over in the Burgess Shale, just across at Kicking Horse, and it was, the species was named by Walcott in 1889. But we see this guy in the Mount Stephen beds just chock-a-block. So they look like the prints 
of uh, children's shoe prints and we see them in a variety of shapes and sizes. So this guy would have grown by wriggling out of his exoskeleton, his hard shell, and then would molt time after time until he was about 12 centimeters in length. And in some places on Mount Stephen, we find these guys head to head and shoulder to shoulder. They were just uh, prolific in this fossil bed. Now you'll forgive me because I, uh, I have a thing for Olenides. I love Winaria and I love, I love the Olenides I find in the eager formation near Cranbrook. But Ajigopsis is, is a good looking boy in his own right. So he had a big prominent glabella with eye ridges at the top of his head. And he lacked those plural spines, those little, ar those little dangling pointy arm bits you often see on trilobites that I quite fancy. He had a big round bottom, so he had a spineless pygidium, so his bum was uh, went down and was round and didn't have any of those attractive tail spines. And we see them, we see Ajigopsis in um, around North America, and we also find him in the Cambrian of Antarctica, but he is by far the most common fossil in the Mount Stephen beds. Now, aside from their aesthetic beauty, trilobites, which are named tri, like and sometimes I think of them as bites, as B-I-T-E-S, little trilobites, but they are three-lobed animals. They had a nice hard exoskeleton, so they're pleasing in shape, they're visually easy to identify, and they have thousands of forms that developed from the early Cambrian about 542 million years ago until the end of the Permian around 291 million years ago. And aside from being very satisfying to collect and visually stunning, all of those reasons are amazing. But because we can recognize the species and how they developed in their evolution, they're amazing as index fossils. We can use the fossils we find and quite quickly, and if you've been out in the field, you've done this, where you pick up a, an ammonite or a trilobite, you know uh, roughly what it will be, so you either recognize the specific species or you recognize the body shape in time, and it tells you, ah, I'm looking at a, at a Cambrian site or I'm looking at a middle Cambrian site. And that's hugely useful for dating the, the beds of, uh, well, the outcrops around the world. If trilobites are your thing, then I highly recommend picking up a copy of Richard Forte's Trilobite Eyewitness to Evolution, which is a really good read. And if you're a keen bean to visit the um, Yoho National Park and to go and see the uh, Mount Stephen trilobite beds, in a world pre-COVID, this was entirely possible. So um, you'd head out to fields on the, still in British Columbia, but on the Alberta border. You need to pre-book with burgess-shale.bc.ca. So they have various hikes you can do. And it's not just for adults. Uh, children are welcome if they're fit little children. So hikers between the ages of six and 75 can do this can do this hike. Um, it's camera only, so there's no collecting in the park, and they do have cameras, and it is a serious offense, so um, they will shake you down, they will go through your pack, so don't tuck anything in your pack or in your pockets besides uh, your camera and memories. It's a pretty steep hike and uneven, 
and slippery when it's wet. So you're thinking, why would I go? Because when you get to the top, it is glorious. So the beds are prolific, the sights in the Rockies, and it's extremely beautiful. I'll do up a little post on the Fossil Huntress blog and um, put a link over on the Fossil Huntress Facebook page. Um, if you are a keen bean, I don't know what's happening now with COVID. Um, it, I'm on the site right now and it looks like the hike is open, but um, you'd want to check that. And it's uh, at a higher elevation. So if you live at sea level, you will notice the difference when you go, you know, 4,000 feet up to the fossil beds. You'll feel it in your breath and in your energy level. Um, so you might feel a little bit more lethargic, lethargic than you normally would, but um, you should be fine. And if it is open, I highly recommend you go and uh, check out these beautiful beds. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.